Welcome everybody to another episode of Imagine Faith Talk, the podcast where we believe that faith in God is the key to unlocking everything you've been called for. And today's topic, this is an important one and we're continuing with it. I'm tired of success. Yes, I'm tired of success. We're your hosts, Kevin Alushla and Donovan Donnell, and we're going to get straight into this. Donovan, I feel like this is a topic that high performers with higher values who are trying to operate in their highest nature are thinking about all the time. We have to. This is something that is like the driving force behind every effort that we make as high performers with higher values. Moving to the next step. How do I get to the next thing? How do I innovate? How do I make better? How do I meet my numbers, my goals? Like it's so important to us and exhaustion can, tiredness can be a very big part of that push. Completely, especially if we're maximizing our uniqueness and our imagination in God, right? We're entrepreneurs, young professionals, creatives, trying to do things that God has called us to do on this earth that might be uncanny. How do we do that and not get drained? Well, I think in this episode, I'm really excited about it. Maybe you're tired of success because you're out of pace. Think about that for a second. Donovan, when I say that, what does that sound like to you? Can you what's the struggle here for us? The struggle for me is that I hear that the rate at which I want things to happen is not moving fast enough or it must move faster for me to feel validated, for me to feel like I'm being productive, for me to reaffirm this title of high performer. I need to see continual, consistent, and speedy return on investment for the things that I'm doing. And if we're out of alignment with the pace that's been assigned to us on this path, it's, it can be very destructive. It can destroy the, the quality of our work It can destroy the quality of the content or the service that we're putting out there. And if that happens, then, I mean, you really don't have a business at the end of the day. So here's the thing. When when we're out of alignment with pace and we're not seeing pace properly, it can be very destructive. It can ruin the quality of what it is that we're trying to produce that makes us high performers in the first place. Yeah, man, I agree. I mean, I get so impatient at times when I'm thinking about, God, you've promised this thing for me and I'm supposed to get there as soon as possible. And I'm not fast enough. I'm not swift enough. You know, there are outside agendas that are not completely aligning with my own timeline. And like you said, that can be so damaging. I think maybe it's more that it's not that I'm impatient, but it's more that I think I'm patient, but I'm struggling with the timing that God has laid out. I agree with that 100%. When we have submitted ourselves to God on this path and this walk of of faith, we understand that he is the one who assigns the pace. We must submit. We can't just submit to him and say, God, show me the way and I'll choose my pace and I'll make sure he, he gives you all the details of it. You do this in this season and you do this when this is when this is happening or when this is triggered. And we struggle sometimes. I know I struggle sometimes with like, God, have you really looked at the whole picture? Like, do you really have my best interests at heart? And that's just a true statement because sometimes we feel like God is so removed from the day-to-day work that has to happen that he doesn't see it all, but he does. And I have to trust that completely. Well, I mean, let's jump into it. During the series, we've been reading a lot of Joshua 1. And in this context, Joshua is now the leader of the Israelites because Moses is gone. And God promises a few things to Joshua about how he's going to have success in taking the promised land. Now look at this verse, Joshua 1, 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. 
For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Now, when Donovan and I looked up the word prosperous, we found this word, a Hebrew word called saleach. First of all, I was like, Saleh what? I've never heard of a Saleh. I don't even know how to say it. It took me a couple of tries to figure out how to say this Hebrew word Saleh, right? I ain't even, I don't know. What's interesting is the word Saleh has the meaning of to be profitable, to succeed. But what I did not expect were the words to advance and to make progress. That was interesting to me. It had like a step-by-step motion to it that I didn't expect. Now, Donovan, when you heard that in Bible study, did that change the meaning of the verse for you? Man, 100%. Because when you're talking about the step-by-step thing, what I saw was that it says, and then he'll make your way prosperous. You'll move forward. You have advancement. But what came before then? The meditation. Oh, How important is it to meditate, saturate, fill yourself with his presence, with his word, with his promises, and then he'll make your way prosperous. Like there's a transformation of how we think, how we see life and how we engage with God that precedes any advancement, that precedes any prosperity. And that was the big part that I recognized that I wasn't really highlighting in that scripture. And I think it needs to be highlighted for every high performer with higher values to recognize the importance of meditating on God's word as it pertains to your your walk of faith and you actually being a high performer. Yeah, I man, I agree. I think once you do that, you'll be able to see the way God actually thinks about a situation, right? And what we're learning here is that God's not saying, Joshua, I'm going to give you success immediately. I'm not going to give you the promised land all in one fell swoop. There is a progression to this. And you would know that if you meditate on me, right? And if you read through Joshua, right, they had to send spies to Jordan first, and then they had to cross the Jordan, and then they had to defeat Jericho to be able to start advancing and getting the promised land, right? God is purposeful about his step-by-step process. God is purposeful about his pace. You talk about this verse all the time, Ecclesiastes 3.1, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Yeah, and the point of that is that there is, a, a, there is when opportunity meets preparation, Right, And these opportunities are already set for you on the path. This is why God, this is one of the reasons why God is so good because while we're like, God, can you do this and do that? God's like, I've already done it. This path came fully equipped with opportunity. I just need you to stay the path and stay the pace and you're gonna run right into everything that I've, in, that I've divinely ordained for you to run into. And so when I look at this verse and I, it reminds me of, hey, if it's out of season, it ain't gonna happen anyway, no matter how much effort you put into it. No matter how much patience, if you're not in place or you're not in pace, you're not going to run into the thing that he's already set up for you. God is, he's in those details. He's divine like that. And like you said, when we meditate in his word and and see how he thinks, then we can rest in trust, knowing Mm. that I will arrive exactly at the right moment if I follow these instructions to the T, like he said. Oof, man, that's good. Because then I think that, that raises the question to me, What is the purpose for us in his pace? Like, what's the purpose that he has called us to have when we're in his timing? And Donovan, I guess I want to get your thoughts on this verse. You brought this up in Bible study as well. Ecclesiastes 10.10. If the axe is dull and its edge unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. Why did you bring up this verse when it came to God's purposefulness about his pace? 
Because, man, it reminded me of a different translation of the same verse. And it says that a dull axe requires much strength. So sharpen your axe. And when I think about God's pace, when God says go and work hard and get it done, like efficiency is going to be key. And I recognize that God knows how he made man. And, and if you go back to the beginning where God created Sabbath, that day of rest with time for him and his creation, that has been a very integral part of our biology since the onset of humanity. And so I see that as the important part of this verse to remind us to stay sharpened. Sharpened requires us to go away, to fast, to go on sabbaticals, to spend time in meditation, to get around like-minded people. Self-development is a major part of being a high performer. You can't be a high performer if you don't prioritize and highlight self-development. And that is the sharpening that I believe this verse is talking about. Mm. Sharpen that axe so that when you are called into a season maybe of higher production, it won't drain you of all your strength because your axe is sharp. Man, I agree. Like I, I think with what you're saying, what I'm also reminded of is that it seems like God cares so much more about the development process than the destination. I actually think both are important, but that development process is over a long period of time and he doesn't want no microwavables. I'm just going to be honest. I don't think God is a God of microwavables. He wants you to marinate in his word. He wants you to marinate in the process of development that he's calling you for. And it's hard, especially when you're living in a society that's about social media. Success happens so quickly, or it seems to happen so quickly because of what you're seeing on social media, right? Oh, this person just got a million followers in a day because of some big uh, 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 viral video, right? You're seeing one thing, but God is seeing a completely different thing. What God cares the most about is that through this process that he's bringing you through, you are a fully developed human full of grit and character and tenacity and love. You fully are like God. And and he knows that he can trust you through the thick and thin of everything he's calling you for. And it's important for us to remember, man, that with this development piece, there's a quote that I've learned to live by. Whatever you acquire requires maintenance. God is not interested in you getting there and then spoiling everything that you know you work so hard for. The development is how you maintain and grow the thing that you've been waiting to receive. So wherever it is that God has taken you, he's taking you there to set your flag and then go conquer more land. I think that that's the part we have to remember. Like that's not where we're going to stop. You only stop there if you're done and you're out out of potential and out of capacity, out of energy because you didn't manage your, you didn't steward your own abilities. You didn't steward this body. You didn't steward this mind to the degree that you can go beyond this next checkpoint, which is all it really is. Because remember, if you go back to Joshua, God said all this land, like I'm going to take you as far as you can go and you're going to be able to go as far as you've been stewarding this body, this mind that I've given you. So I just think it's important to remember that aspect of it. Uh, Man, oof. That's a word. Did y'all hear that? I mean, I think James 1, 2, 4 also talks about what you're discussing, right? My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. 
right? God wants us to know that he can fully trust us because then with that, we know how to work. We know how to rest. We know how to balance our lives in a way so that when we do this by God's grace, our cup is overflowing and now everybody else gets the overflow of that cup being filled. And that overflow is beautiful, right? Man, listen, this is supposed to be enjoyable, That's the way God designed it, to be enjoyable. When you get into kingdom culture and you're doing things God's way, this is why we do this podcast for high performers with higher values. Having the higher values is what allows you to have fulfillment and enjoyment in the process. There's so many people out there who are self-proclaimed high performers, but they just don't have the fruit of joy and peace and happiness and fulfillment. Everything is just work and toil and grind and grr. But God is saying, look, man, I am a good father. And I prepared a path for you. I'll take you beside the still waters and the green pastures. Like this is going to be an enjoyable journey and I will add no toil with it. And so that's why I just think it's so important that every verse we look at, you, you hearers hear us, that we continue to talk about how important it is for development, not just destination. Amen, bro. Amen. So then why do we as high performers get out of pace? What are some of those reasons? I think one of the reasons is probably just doubt. I mean, we've waited such a long time for that promise. God, you said you were going to build my business. God, you said that my music was going to be out there. God, you said that as a young professional, I was going to conquer and divide. But it hasn't happened in our timing. And then we start to think, God, is what you said actually true? (laughs) Is what you actually promised me real? Yeah. How do you, how do you reconcile that doubt? I think for me, what I had to recognize is that what is for me has my name on it. I was, my doubt crept in because I thought that someone could take what God had reserved for me. Boy, say that one more time. That's massive. My doubt crept in because I thought that someone could take what God had reserved for me. And once I got rid of that limiting and that false belief, and God says, what is for you is for you. Stay your path. Don't forfeit it by doing something crazy. But if you stay your path, you will receive everything that I have reserved for you. And when I, when I was able to get rid of this bogus threat, it allowed me to enjoy and trust however long it was going to take me to get to my next checkpoint because I believe that God would, would preserve what was for me because I was being obedient and walking by faith. Man, ooh, that is so good. I mean, look, we're, we're not in school anymore where we're all judged by the same rubric. Every single person now has their own specific race, right? That's why I think the word race in the Bible is so unbelievably important. We can't doubt the race that God has for us because if we do, once again, it says here, James 1, 6 through 8, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all that they do. How do you want to be double-minded and unstable in the thing that God has specifically carved out for you and not really carved out for anybody else? Your path is your path. It's only for you. Ooh, that's a word, bro. This is the paradigm shift that our listeners are going to get a chance to experience when they play this over and over again. What God has for you is reserved for you. What he has for you is reserved for you. That's one of the most beautiful benefits of submitting your plan to God's will is that everything that you need is going to meet you on that path. It has your name on it. It recognizes you and your faith. And if you just walk it out by faith, that is the promise. The Bible says it's by faith 
and patience that they obtained the promise. Yikes, man. That's good. There's this... Uh, Not by doubt and patience. Yeah, you're right. I mean, <laughs> hey, you you right. I mean, let's go through a Bible story for this. Look at Abraham and Sarah when they're thinking about how is Sarah going to have a child when she's much older? This is Genesis 18, 10 through 14, and God is meeting with Abraham and Sarah. It says here, then one of them said, I will surely return yeah. to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now, Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself, and she thought, After I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, Now, I want you all to make sure you hear this. Why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year. And Sarah will have a son. These words are crazy to me. God is asking Sarah, look, how are you going to doubt me when I've already said it? My word stands. Nothing, literally not a single thing. Is too hard for me. And it's so hard when you see this natural scientific process that is now not for you because you're too old. How are you going to see that fruit? But this is why faith is the substance of things hoped for yet not seen. Yeah. When I when I hear that story, the first thing that came to my mind is says who? She's past the age of says who? You can't get it because you're the wrong race. Says who? It's too soon for you to says who that's not enough capital for you says who you're in the wrong city for it says who this is what we have to understand that faith goes against all the cultural norms that try to limit us. There's nothing too hard for God. If God is for me, who can be against me? So all those things don't apply to me. I love being a child of God and I love walking by faith because it solidifies that I am the exception to every rule of restraint that the culture tries to put on me. Oh, dude, what I think is so beautiful about that is that if you know that, I mean, look at the story of Joseph, David, Jesus. They were never rushed. They never doubted. Mm, mm. And they just stay, or maybe David actually doubted. Let me be honest, because there are so many times where he's like, God, like, what's going on? <laughs> listen, but, listen. So, so, so it's possible for us to go through that. But if you remember God, He's always made a way because I actually think one of the reasons he makes us wait patiently is that there's an impact that he is trying to have on the earth that is there's an appointed time for that is specific to what is going around in culture. And he needs you to wait so that the when the season is ripe, it's ready. That's what happened to Jesus. Jesus came at the appointed time. This is in Galatians 4.4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. There was a fullness that had to be done. The situation had to be ripe. Honestly, bro, like God is a master planner. That's what I hear. And it's, it's, he has set this up. From the, he knows the beginning from the end. You know, So everything must bend to his will. And if you understand that about him, you couple that with understanding that his will is to do good to you. 
His will is to see you prosperous. His will is to see you fulfilled in this life and all that he's called you to do. So you put those together and you recognize who he is and who you are in him. And I think that helps activate your trust on this path. Amen, dude. The situation will be ripe if you trust him for your business, for whatever you're called to do to flourish. Like, honestly, I mean, if I could go back, I want to think about the story of pentatonics. Now, I've been patiently developing the skill called cello boxing, which is playing cello and beatboxing at the same time. And I was working on this piece called Julio by Mark Summer for about a full year, just working on it day in, day out. And I can't tell you how many times I felt like I was doubting God. Like, Lord, can I actually do this? Is all this work in vain? This is something that I wanted to try. This is innovative, but this is way too hard. I don't think I have the stamina for this. But then after a year of work, bro, a year of work when it was fully developed, that's when I put out the video of that track and it went viral in the fullness of time. And I know it's the fullness of time because at the same time, one of my bandmates, Scott, was looking for a beatboxer to finish out the sound for Pentatonix. And they had gone through four to five different beatboxers and he told me, no, I knew you were the one for the job. And also, I mean, when I think about Pentatonix itself, the season was right for us because at that time, there was a lot of social consciousness around group singing, right? There was Glee, there were singing shows like the sing-off, which we were on. And it's so funny because the sing-off, that season of the sing-off of the acapella competition we were on, it was season three that was on primetime television. No other season before that or after that was on prime time. So mm. just thinking about all those things that could have happened, not only that, we were also rising in the early stages of YouTube, which was so integral for our success because of its audiovisual format, which is perfect for acapella. Like you have to see acapella being done to believe what you're hearing. So I really think with all of that situation, the time was ripe for us to come out. Now, if we had done it earlier, the tools for us to be successful wouldn't have been there. But had it been later, the market would have been too saturated. So that's why I realized, oh God, your timing was so perfect. How can I doubt you? And I have to stay in your pace so that that situation that could be created for the most impact can actually happen in your master plan. It reminds me of this verse that says that God prepared a place for me in the presence of my enemies. If we just focus on the part about that God prepares a place for me, you recognize the intentions of God's heart concerning his children. The Bible says that, fear not, little flock. It is my good pleasure to give you the kingdom. When you understand that God's will and intent is good for you, and you understand that he prepares things for you as an individual, you understand how important you begin to understand how important it is to pace yourself with God. Because like you said, that story just reveals so many things that had already been preordained that if you would just stay, not just the path, but stay the pace, you were gonna run right into the onset of YouTube. You're gonna run right into, we can't find the right person for this beatboxing. You were gonna run right into, but instead of rushing things, you, God told you, develop this thing fine-tune this thing, make it excellent, do it as if you're doing it unto me. And these are universal principles, universal laws or instructions that God gives all his children for anything he's assigned them to do. And when we dedicate our work to him in such a way, we don't have to worry about, I'm going to miss something. We are going to run right into it as we stay the path and stay the pace. 
So then I guess the way we combat doubt, I think we learned this in Bible study. We just have to affirm what God has already promised. Psalm 77, 11, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. Affirm God, right? Affirm the things that he's already said to you. Affirm his promises and do not doubt the one that has the master plan. We have to do that, affirm ourselves in the word and remember what God said in scripture because that is what combats against that seem. Seem is not clarity. And I think a lot of times that's where we're operating from. Well, it seems like, or it seems like the Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but that way ends in destruction. God doesn't want us to walk by seem, to settle in the seem. God said, I want you to walk by faith. Faith is assurance. Faith is knowing. Faith is believing. Faith is having a word from God to stand on so that when times get rough, I don't deviate and become well, I guess I could, or I guess I could. No, I'm going to stay the path that I have a sure word from God that I'm standing on and I'm believing. So I appreciate that piece because that's what combats something that every high performer faces. Man, this seems like a good idea or this seems like it could work, but is it what God told you? Uh, how do you affirm yourself? What's, what's some of the things that you do? I have a mantra. My mantra is like two minutes long, bro. Um, and my <laughs> mantra is, uh, is, is scripture. It's different scripture from the Bible poetically positioned one behind each other. I've been saying it for since probably 10 years now. And I just repeat it every day over myself as an affirmation of like, it's almost like I memorized portions of God's love letter to me as a father so that I wouldn't forget whose I was and what I've been called to do. That is one of my greatest forms of affirmation. Of course, I have stuff printed out on my walls. I have alarms on my phone, so my little joy traps. So those are some of the things I do to affirm myself throughout the day to keep me away from serving the seam. Man, that's good. Now, I think another reason that we fall out of pace with God is probably just worry as well. I mean, Donovan, I love your input. Why does worrying cause us to be out of pace with God? Like, what's the, what's the danger in worrying? Man, Worrying is such a horrible use of mental faculties. It is a slap in God's face to take what he gave you to form imaginations, to form plans, structures, and move by faith to do something so destructive as worry. And I think that for me, the Bible even says that, you know, who by worrying can can add anything of value to their life. And so for me, when I think about worry, I think about it's so important for us to address this conversation because it creeps in. It creeps in so subtly. It creeps in under the disguise or costume of, well, I have to be realistic. Or it sneaks mm-hmm. in under the disguise or the costume of, well, this is what normally happens. And because I look at patterns and I look at the industry, it sneaks in under data and facts. And God is saying, my, my word and faith just trump all of that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... But boom, boom, I don't really got much more to say to that. That's so, that's so powerful. I mean, Matthew 6, 31 through 34, what you were trying to allude to, therefore do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, right? People who don't believe in God, they seek after those things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them all, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for itself sufficient for the day is its own trouble i mean what i'm hearing in that is that if you worry you're gonna do irrational things Mm. and you're gonna want to take a shortcut and that shortcut is out of pace literally with god that's why they call it a shortcut you're trying to cut 
the path and the pace and all of the development and the completeness that God is trying to put inside of you. Kevin, that's so good. That is that is so good. And I, my goodness, when we, again, another paradigm shift, when you recognize that when you take a shortcut, you are cutting the path, cutting the outcome, you're cutting the destination. You don't end up at the same place as you would if you stuck to the true path when you take a shortcut. And I think that's a paradigm shift we must understand because it debunks the idea of a shortcut. It doesn't get you to the same destination quicker. It gets you to a whole different place. Or, I mean, maybe it gets you to the destination, but will you be able to have long-term success? Oh, no, it it doesn't get you there because you haven't developed yourself to be who you needed to be there. That's good. Oh, yeah. That's good. Oh, yeah. I like that. (laughs) I mean, I love this lesson from Pastor Mike Todd from Transformation Church. He talks about this idea that if you look at Jesus, Jesus was supposed to accomplish everything he was called to do in three and a half years. Mm-hmm. But Jesus never ran anywhere. Do you see him rushing to get to the next place? Do you see him worrying? Mm. He was nothing but calm. He always walked. I mean, think about what Jesus heard about Lazarus dying. He literally stayed where he was for two extra days. And then when he finally got there, it was the fourth day of him already being dead. That's a God that has so much confidence and assurance in who he is and what he's called to do that he can be calm. Why? I love this phrase that Mike Todd used. He was in God's pace of grace. God has set a pace for you to move at. If God says it's time to speed up the tempo, oh, it's time for you to go faster. Okay. But God knows you're able to work at that pace now, but now he tells you to slow down. Maybe he needs you to rest. Maybe he needs you to rejuvenate so that you're ready for the next time you're supposed to go. I think that is so beautiful because worrying, if you allow that to creep in, that pace of grace is now meddled with and you don't have it. You don't have what God has called you for. Man, worrying takes you out of the game plan. It's just like a fighter who gets into worry in the middle of this fight and they just forget all the training that they've been through because your brain can't occupy worry and the other essentials needed to carry out the plan, to carry out the structure, to carry out, you know, oh, this is our, this is our, this is our fight plan. This is how we fight our battles. Like when you worry, it takes up so much space, so much mental bandwidth. And that's what we have to understand is nothing to play with. Man. Well, then I feel like one of the ways that we have to combat this worry I think though, I mean, really, I think the only way we talked about at the beginning, meditate on the word of God day and night, right? Mm -hmm. Psalms 4610, it says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted amongst the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. We have to meditate and know that God is exactly who he said he was. I am who I am. That's all that I am. If we remember that and meditate in peace, how do we worry about the things of tomorrow? Because God is omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent. He literally holds time and the world in his hand. How can we worry about the next step and God's pace and get out of that pace when the God of literally the universe has us in his hand? to protect us.
He already knows what he's going to do. You can trust his pace. Worrying is just choosing to remove yourself from worshiping God and worshiping your circumstance. You're looking at your work, your circumstance and saying, this, this is true. This is reality. This is the final authority. This is what I must follow. And God is saying, I've shown you time and time again how I've defied or not even defied nature. I control nature. The Bible says, one of my favorite verses in Psalm 77, 19, your way led through the sea, a way that no one knew was there. There's no limits to what God can do. So when I have chosen to abandon faith and start to worry, I am now idolizing my situation and saying, situation, please change for me. Worrying is a form of worshiping your situation and saying, God, if you would just, I just need something different to happen. Instead of looking at God and God told him, when you pray to me, pray my word. You said that all things will work together for my good. You said that you would never leave me nor forsake me. And in that word, I stand that this situation must line up with what you said. I I love how you just added that piece in there, man, because meditation is when you feel yourself up, that there's no room for worry. Filling yourself up on God's word is what combats and pushes back against the worry that tries to creep in through our life from the people we hang around because bad company corrupts good character or from the things we watch on TV because we're not watching our gates and you know we're not we're not putting boundaries up for our visual and our auditorial gates. You know God is telling us this the way in which we live our lives, the the routines we have on a day-to-day basis that are allowing spaces for worry to creep in in the first place. So get your house in order. Tighten up your life. Steward this whole thing. Make it worry proof. Guys, you heard it here. Do not be out of pace with God. Let worry and doubt not have any part of who you are. If God's called it for you, you can trust his pace. You can trust his timing. He is trying to develop you into a creature that when you finally step on that mountaintop, you are so filled by his love and his joy and his blood that you get to give people the greatest gift, his love, his truth. They will see you not lacking anything when you become that CEO, when you become that business person, when you become that young professional that, that, that breaks boundaries, when you become that artist that, that people hear the music and say, this is so overwhelming to my soul. And you can say, I just stayed in God's pace. He kept me there. And I trusted him. And look what he's done for me and therefore has done for you. We hope you guys have loved this episode. And remember, love transforms you. Purpose defines you and impact activates you by faith. We'll see you guys next time. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Imagine Faith Talk. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you want to be on our journey with us, then there's a few things you can do. First, subscribe so you can know when the next episode drops and share it with a few people you think would enjoy it as well. Second, we'd love to hear from you. You can go to the bottom of our website, www.imaginefaithtalk.com and send us comments, prayer requests, or tell us topics you'd like to hear on the podcast or even questions you'd love us to answer. Third, join our Imagine Faith Talk Club on Clubhouse. This is a space where you can connect with other like-minded individuals and the rooms are hosted and led by members of our leadership team. You can see a schedule for when our rooms go live on our club or on our website. And finally, follow us on socials at Imagine Faith Talk. It's all one word. We love you all and we'll see you on the next episode.